0: morning, I have the privilege to uh, uh, present to you some uh, poems with brief commentaries by Angelus Silesius. Who could that possibly be? He was a one of Germany's best poets of the 17th century. That was the century when uh, uh, English writers of note included John Milton and the metaphysical poets, uh, Henry Vaughan, John Donne, Thomas Traherne, uh, Richard Crashaw, We have all kinds of stars during that period, but so does Germany. It's a pity that that Angelus Silesius isn't better known. He lived during a time, a dreadful time, but he was a reconciler. He lived during uh, an era in which people, Protestants and Catholics, were in fact at arms. They were busy shooting each other, killing each other, and he worked for reconciliation. Uh, He himself had plenty of experience in both camps. He was brought up, and for several decades remained, a Lutheran, uh, but then uh, he converted to Catholicism. And when he entered the Catholic Church, he was told that it would be a good idea for him to select a conversion name. His regular name before had been uh, John Scheffler, that is Johannes Scheffler. And he chose for his conversion name Angelus Silesius, that is to say, in Latin, the Silesian angel. Uh, And he wrote a book called, same angelic theme, Cherubinischer Wandersmann, the Cherubinical Wanderer, or maybe in more idiomatic English, we might say today, Angel Companion. He wants to be your companion and to accompany you on your spiritual pilgrimage. Now, the interesting thing about this is that, um, uh, like, As in today's self-help books, he um, writes his poems almost exclusively in two-liners, which are wonderful sayings to be memorized as you walk along and think about trying them out. Sometimes very, exceptionally he will get a wordy as wordy as to write a four-liner but that's quite rare for him anyway they're quite wonderful the interesting thing is that he is a mystic and yet not foggy or vague he expresses himself with punch uh with vigor uh with um uh, with brisk tempo and um, and, and energy uh, let's see now. What should I? What more should I say by way of introduction? Uh, yes, a mystical writer. That is, that's the best way to uh, to describe him for orientation, because our English word "mystic" derives from the uh, ancient Greek verb "murein," meaning uh, to shut your eyes. A mystic, a writer, or a thinker, or visionary, is a person who closes his eyes and looks within. And it is, um, it's. Uh, Uh, Angela's job, he thinks, to look within with his eyes closed and to see if he can discern, by going as deep as he possibly can, some kinship of his being, his existence, to the depth of all being, to the most ultimate of all existence, uh, the God beyond the names. He's very in, uh, intent upon this. He wants uh, to communicate. He knows he can't do it into intellectually because ultimate being is not knowable in mortal, fallible concepts. But at least by means of imagination, which he thinks to be our noblest faculty, he hopes to get a glimpse, some kind of an inkling of what true divinity is that would lie beyond the names, beyond the formulations, beyond past embodiments, past envisionings uh, and so sometimes he even calls this the over God that's what he asks to be to be uh, uh, permitted to communicate with okay so uh, now this the the pr- procedure in the 86-part interview, which is the last uh, section of this book. book has 200 poems in it. It's called Book of the Dactyl. And I'm trying out the form, the dactyl, uh, which is an ancient Roman form. Whenever I reply to the little wonderful two-liners of uh, Angelus, I do so in, um, in the dactyl, dactylic um, distic, uh, which goes like this. One and a two and a three and a four and a five and a six and one and a two and a three four, and a five, and a six. So why don't we start? Oh, let me, before we do anything else, do you notice that motto at, uh, on my screen? It says, be the scripture you sing. That's almost, that's a loose paraphrase, but I think I preserved the meaning. A paraphrase of Angelus himself, and I took it from the very last poem in this book, Let me read you the whole thing, the entire complete two-liner. This is called Conclusion. That is enough, my friend. If you'd more wisdom see, go and become the scripture and its meaning be. So, if you go down into the depths with your eyes closed as you are uh, exploring your own personal depth and you... uh, uh, arrive at some kind of an inkling of the what you have in common with being as a whole. All existent things, all, thing, all forms of being are related by virtue of their being, by virtue of their existence. You're bound to find something important. And when you do, if you imp- apply that in your life, then you are the embodiment of what you have learned. And since you're living it, you are then living the scripture. Go and become the scripture and its meaning be, if you live it, if you embody it, you are the meaning of it. Okay, I just love that. That's preliminary orientation. And now let's turn to the uncreated ocean, a wonderful, a wonderful emblem for uh, the boundless that uh, Angelus always is seeking. Here's his four-liner, exceptional, as I mentioned. God alone can satisfy, it's called. Away you seraphim, you can't give life to me. Away you angels all, and what on you I see. Of such I have no need, I'll be by self alone, in uncreated sea of purest Godhead throne. He wants to get past the angels and the cherubs, and any any other emissaries or other dignitaries he wants to get to the the God that is beyond. Ocean unending, my heart when alone had to you become nearer. Those who would meditate, mediate, act wisely for once who uh, inquire. The mediators, they're they're all right for some people, not for me. Yet is your love in my soul, the supreme, the perduring endearer, come from the deep when I call, speaking reply to desire. You are the ocean, and I with your aid am a fountain upthrusting, kindred by power of will, rising in dower, from you, avid and grand for the anthemer, summer calm summer that trusting, hymning within to be heard, answer will come to renew. That's a good way to start. uh, uh, He suffers not at all from what I call the big demon of diffidence. Diffidence is the opposite of confidence. You need faith in yourself before you ever can acquire faith in anything else, and uh, that he has. Now let's try, as I predicted would happen, the invocation of the over-Godhead. That's what this poem is called. It satisfies me not what folk of God would tell The over-Godhead is my life and light as well. Maker, proclaiming it, let there be light. But before the first making, nothing had been but what no language might ever portray. Heaven and earth in creation, the Lord would show forth as creator. Being itself would expand, even as dawn into day. Tabalist lore would explain that the boundless, the lord air the making, always will be the beyond, never by mortal be thought. Even indeed in the infinite splendor of worlds we're, be, we're beholding, hides the progenitor's strength. Faintly reflected, tis caught. Fullness of being, forever increasing, is God the creator. Those he imagining made emulate one whom they love he made us, and we are going to do some creative action to emulate him. God Stradivari had needed perfection's own partner in crafting sweet violins that would hint vaguely the maker above. How to arise in your soul, O aspiring creator, the power worthily beauty to serve such as our lover would please? Think of the boundless, the primal unspeaking beyond that's uncaptured. Drown in the deepness within. This the creative one, freeze. Go as deep within yourself as you can. That also means as high, because in the world uh, of inwardness, there's no difference between deep and high, or, or broad, wide for that matter. So we're our, we are proceeding in our search for the over-god, let's see what happens next ah this is a key the theme of this one is love brings us to the over God I actually published a book that nicely sums up um, uh, Silesius, even though it was about another mystical seer, of Friedrich Rückert. I called it The Boundless and the Beating Heart. It's the beating heart, it's love, that will uh, give you an inroad imaginatively, partial and fragmentary and op- partly opaque, though it may remain, uh, to the over-God. Should God not over-God to bring me yet desire... Should God not over God to bring me yet desire with nothing else but love, I'll this of him require. If it doesn't happen right away, it'll happen in time because my love just becomes more intense all the time. It will pay off. Here our instructor, like Sufis of Persia, viewed God as a lover. God is unknowable, yes, yet is he lovable still? That is the key for when intellect fails, understanding of passion helps the beloved to seek how one may alter his will. God in Hellenic philosophy, perfect, immovable seeming, led as an object of thought, humans in reasoning well. God in the Abraham vision is pleaded with, begged and persuaded, persons converse, and in each, great is the love that may swell. You see... Ultimate being is not speakable or knowable. It's unfathomable altogether, but it is partly to be glimpsed imperfectly and momentarily very transiently uh, in, uh, by, in, uh, by the help of the imagination. And it's a loving imagination. It's the imaginings that come from the heart. These are the key. How can we possibly go above God? Is there meaning in over colloquy? Feeling we share, love is entreated, exchanged. Lovers each other fulfil, though there's need and compulsion and humbling, vulnerability. Each lovers at moments estranged. Gods, god of gods of a type such as this, may a thinker perplex and unsettle. Nothing infallible seems little arranged in advance. Passion, however, as motive for act, is the energy grantor. Effort and arduous art, turning in ardor to dance. Now I'm going to have a little fun with this theme. The theme of this poem is, I'm just as big as God and just as small. There's no distinction. I am like God and God's like me. That's the title of the poem. I am as big as God, as little he as I. He's not above me. I'm not under him. That's why. Essence or being or feeling thought, that is the theme we're addressing. Therefore, above and below, bigger and smaller are lies. There's no spatial imagery in the spiritual world. Everything, ev- everything is qualitative. There is no better or worse. Names for a size or a placement describe a material object. Thus we are wrong to suppose Godhead abides in the skies. Even in physical science above and below, were abolished. What does it mean to look up here or in China? We ask. Maybe on Mars? Or Aldebaran? Jupiter, maybe? Or Pluto? Surely the up and the down. Nothing will bring to our task. Kingdom of God is within you, I heard. Tis a feeling thought splendid. Drive to create and to be thus in your being. A god, imitate the creator by creating. This could our poet contain, and below and above felt insulting. Small, quiet voice came divine, as to the cloud and the clod. Thus the American Pledge of Allegiance contains a distortion. Nations are not under God, kingdom of him is within. Drive to create is the pluriverse power. Sing loud in your freedom. Want to be godly right now? Artists become. Heart, begin! Well, let's try this one. This is... God is in me, and I'm in him. God is in me, the fire, and I'm in him, the shine. Have we not innerly in common one design? Many rich years, had Paul Klee. Do you know this artist, K-L-E-E? He's wonderfully inspired. Played a sweet violin. I didn't know it, but I found out recently he was a violinist as much as a painter, and he liked to play a couple of hours on the fiddle before beginning to paint. Happy birthday, painter for whom as a child I would deep liking acquire. Warm-ups he often delighted employed as a prelude to painting. Two kinds of shine he would trade, glowing divine in the fire dreamy and playful he'd copy how God as a lover of beauty made a sulamith for me known to us all as the world flame in the canticle blazing a warmth undiminished I feel it Rabbi Akiba would claim when it was wholly unfurled Solomon's scroll would provide such a guide to the meaning of living each the conclusion would reach had we the Pentateuch lacked him Solomonic would offer a manual fully sufficient pilgrims to lead on the path tis a philosophy Tract. It's a great work of art, the Song of Solomon in the Bible. It's all about love and passion and more love and more passion. God is not mentioned anywhere in it. But you would have to say, along with Angelus, that he is everywhere in it because that's God. God is love. Love is an ardor, a fervor, a furor, a sanity madness, filling the night liking mind, gleaming in morning tide heart, luminous new men, the light in the threshold. Ourselves are the temple where the undying, the fires, lore of the glory impart. Okay, let's try one more in this series. It's hard to. omit anything i like them all so well this is most interesting it shows a very bold imagination it's called who's truly deified that is who can truly make himself into something like a god a higher spiritual being who can do that as soon as you have all the things become you stand within the word amid the ranks of god's command. He's telling you, if you want to become more godlike, be a poet and imagine yourself into everything. Imagine you are all the different sorts of people, all the different objects in the world, all the animals and the birds and the insects, also all the the landscapes and the parks. Rilke is like this. He is a poet who gives all of these things, including even the landscapes, their own personalities. He he gets inside the particular spatio-temporal being of each object, and really it does seem as if his imagination has been stretched to the limit. And uh, he has done that inward look that would reveal the depth both in himself and in um, ultimate being. Here, as a preacher to poet, poet's friend Angelus, you have a service done for the brain that's hemmed in, loosening boundary ropes. Reading your verse, I'm reminded of Goethe who'd eagerly swerve us hither and yon tween the Greek. Muslim and Christian, one hopes readers of Faust will rejoice upon hearing him tell us that Mary ought to be honored and called equal to Venus in rank. Scheffler, remember that was his name before he took on the, the conversion name in Latin. Scheffler, prophetic of Germany's leading achiever, Goethe, would vary. Mythic traditions at will. Cla- Gladly imaginers thank one who could speak of the ranks of the gods whom we poets can equal. Once we have practiced the plan, turning oneself into things, we are enchanters whose rapt incantation may prove in the sequel, power promoting the soul. Hail, supernatural king! Wizardly craft is the way you the orders of deities enter. Cup-like do angels and gods, water of spirit give form. You by imagining, bodying forth what is viewed at the center, sun-like may worship the Lord, grace of the light making warm." Well, that's my first theme. The second one, which I'll treat at somewhat uh, in, a short, in a somewhat more abbreviated way, is a fascinating one. It's not quite so big as seeking for imaginative glimpses of authentic uh, and uh, and of ultimate being. It, it's a simpler theme, but it's, uh, it's one that uh, nobody except Rilke seems to have uh, entered upon so completely uh, in such a variety of poems. It, it's almost, he, he has quite made it his own. And I like to emphasize it for that reason because it, it's quite stimulating. Basically, what he says is this, and he says it as bluntly as I do. He says, make me the Virgin Mary, and let me give birth to a God. Let's show him saying that. Dialogue 121. Myself must Mary be, and God from me I'll bear. If he eternally his blessedness may share, that was called the spiritual Mary. That's what he wants to be. God is a father, we heard, that he now is our child, we are learning. Godliness ripens within. Let yourself marry like, no, don't apparitions in heaven expect, but with merit be earning that which inside you gives life as it continues to grow. Let not the pains of the labor dismay you that soon are arriving. These in Koran are described. Mary would rather have died, so she declared, but a miracle nourishment aided her striving. She to her mission was true. Tempting despair, she denied. Oh, this is really important. In the Koran, and there is an entire book of the Koran called Mary, uh, we learn that Mary did not give birth in a manger. She gave birth uh, in the desert under a palm tree, and uh, she experienced labor pains that were so, horrendously hard to take that she said she wished that she had never been born if she uh, had to undergo a a thing like this. And God did not take her up on any of such remarks. There was no censure. There was no indignation. He instead told her uh, to lift up her hand, and then he lowered the palm tree so she could reach the dates. And then he caused a a stream to flow right by her side so she could take uh, drinks of water from that. And so she got two miraculous kinds of refreshment, And that, I hope that uh, uh, alleviated the labor pains. The Quran does not spell that out. Rumi contends we, that we each are a Mary. The pains we are facing must be endured, though they be still more disturbing than hers. Woes we decline mean our Jesus potential can never be gracing life with eternity's gift. Boldly accept what occurs. Rumi is very insistent on that. Every human being, no matter your gender, is a spiritual Mary, and each of us has a Jesus to bear. And if you are afraid of the labor pains... Don't be a coward, please, because your Jesus will turn right back and go where he came from, and you'll never get to know him. Rilke would like to imagine the God as a child whom he's rocking, lulling the baby to sleep, quietly chanting a verse, letting the spirit, made grateful, sink down and rise high while he's talking, praying the child might his heart in the eternal immerse. I have a quote here from Rilke. The deepest you that towered high, I rock you as a child with verses. Rainer Maria, Rilke, whose middle name was Mary, also liked to imagine himself in that role. Well, let's try another one. I think a couple of more and then that'll conclude it. Because I just love this, but I can't go on too long. I just love to read these things. Ah, here, this is wonderful. Externals cannot comfort me. What profit, Gabriel, that Mary you should greet unless you're a messenger to me with tidings sweet? In other words, Gabriel, Angel, I think it's wonderful, the annunciation that you granted to Virgin Mary. Now, how about the same for me? When do I get to bear my Jesus? Tell me about it right this minute. Angelus wise, more than once you have proved that we all should be Mary's. Image I'm now bringing back, wall of a mosque where we find, written in script ornamental the lesson. Let fate, though it varies, always allow us to feel God is both constant and kind. You that are reading today, please recall how when kept in a tower, waiting for what would come soon, Mary, her miracle food, daily received from the angel that flew to her window. The power Mary attained would be great. Picture yourself thus endued. You have to read the Quran to get that story. It's beautiful. Free your imaginings, never confining their flight by your gender. Poems St. John of the Cross wrote, he the lady role plays. God is the lover, the husband, the male metaphoric to render blessing to one who in verse hourly the maker would praise. I in my poetry writing a double self-portrait have fashioned bearing a Promethean fire, fearless true merit I laud, yet am I also like Dana A. Jupiter's light rays impassioned, gratefully she would receive gift of the spirit of God. I will read one more poem. This is uh, one of the most startling developments of Rilke's desire to be pregnant with God. Here he... Well, let's listen to him. The wonderful kinship of God. What's the relation you, O Lord, to me have claimed that me, uh, mother, bride, child, husband you have named? That's the thing. If you're going to be in dialogue, in the dialogue as of two lovers with uh, ultimate being... In your imaginative life, you are going to be able to make use of an infinity of metaphors. And God himself, Angelus believes, has uh, uh, um, suggested to him personally that God is to him, uh, uh, rather that he is to God, a mother, a bride, a child, and a husband. Now we'll see how that works. Ultimate plenitude, that is the being of deity, poet. God, every lyric has made, his the most beautiful name. Yours be the task and the joy, helping every imaginer know it. Metaphor maker supreme, embling emblems unending. He claims, I am a mother to God in so far as I bear him within me. Me with his lyrical words, he'll everlasting impreen. Thus I a wife will become. Let the function fertility win me, even while remaining his child, helped to develop, serene husband as well of the power to create is a name that defines me hymns i desire to provide husbanding energies brave he is my sibling i heartwise believe love reminds and aligns me all to the brother to give even as antigone gave drive to create Pray endow me with patience, devotion, and passion, never to cease to declare, great is the work of your hands. Daily my Adam within, as your image I'll gladly refashion, blazoned on banner bestarred, lent to the farthest of lands.